Hello, ladies. Thank you for joining me, for listening, and I hope you are having a blessed week. I mentioned in my intro uh, that I would be sharing with you on the Book of Ruth, and I am planning to do that. I'm just not going to do that today, but I will be doing that with you um, very soon. But I went to a ladies' lunch a couple Saturdays ago. And I heard a powerful message on God having a purpose for our lives. And it just stirred something inside of me about reviving our purpose. And the last two Sundays at church, the message has been about purpose. So I want to listen to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying. And so I want to share with you about reviving your purpose. I really believe that now is the time, ladies. Now is the time for us as daughters of the Most High God to give our lives completely over to God and fulfill our purpose on this earth. We were not put on this earth at this time on accident. God made us in His image and each one of us has a purpose for being here. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says this, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. There our birth was timed. It was timed by God. You were born exactly when you were supposed to be. And I don't care what your circumstances were at birth. You know, maybe your parents didn't plan you. Or maybe you felt like you were an accident. But according to the word of God, you were born at the exact time you were supposed to be. And it doesn't matter Whether your parents, whether, you know, you were a wanted child or not, God has always wanted you and brought you here at his appointed time and for his appointed purpose. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If you have said yes to God, then God has a purpose for you. And not only that, but he is willing to work everything out for your good in your purpose. Thank you, Jesus. We all need to hear this and be encouraged because There are times that we are doing what we believe God has called us to do. We are walking in our purpose. And then suddenly, you know, we get off track or we get knocked off the track or, you know, and we forget that God is here to work everything out for our good. Amen. And we've got to stand our ground as women of God And not give up or forfeit our purpose. The word purpose means by intent. 
So our purpose is intentional. And we are intentionally here. Hallelujah. It also means, the word purpose also means that it's a set up plan or design to be attained. So God has a set up plan and design in our lives for us to attain. He's designed it and it's exciting to know that we are not just here on this earth to go through the motions of life. Everything we do has purpose in our lives. Being a wife is a part of the purpose. Um, you know, being a mother is a part of our purpose. A grandmother, you know, being part of a family, it all brings so much meaning and purpose into our lives. And we wouldn't trade that for anything. And God is there to work things together for our good as a wife, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a family member. But also when we said yes to Jesus as the Savior of our lives, the Bible says a holy calling and purpose came upon our lives. And what that means is that there is something that God has set apart for you and him to do together. And I guarantee that it will involve touching other people's lives. Because with God, it is all about relationship. God sent Jesus to this earth. And Jesus' purpose on this earth was to show the heart of God. Everything he did. The miracles, the, the signs, the wonders, the mercy he showed, the unconditional love, the forgiveness. Everything he did and said was showing the heart of God. And then by his death, he reconciled us back to God so we could have an intimate relationship with our creator. And live with him in eternity forever. Hallelujah. It's all about relationship. I mean, even from the beginning with Adam and Eve, they walked and talked together every day in the garden. They were never separated until sin came in. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, became sin for us, and destroyed the power of sin he destroyed what was separating us from God. So it's always been about relationship with God. He wants to be everything to us and whatever we need him to be for us. And there are specific gifts that God has put inside of each and every one of us that show the heart of God to people. Now, maybe you're not sure you know, maybe you're unclear on what your purpose is or you feel it's been lost or derailed or maybe you're out of timing with God or you're, you're feeling out of sync with him. Or maybe you've, you know, you've been shaken by some events in life and you're unsure that God still has a purpose for you. But I can promise you it is still there because in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 29, it says this, For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Hallelujah. We never lose our purpose 
no matter how far off track we get, the purpose and the call and the gifts are always there. It, God never withdraws it from us. And I'm so thankful for that. It's there. We've just got to revive it, ladies. Now, in order to revive your purpose, you've got to be in full communication with God. I'm going to read to you from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. God is speaking to his prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is seeking God about his purpose. And here it is in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I have it all planned out, God says. Plans to take care of you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Amen. God has amazing plans for us, but we've got to call on him. We've got to call on him. We've got to seek him. When's the last time you called on God for something? He wants you to call on him. He wants to be there for us. And he says he will listen. God hears us and he sees us. But we've got to seek him out. Amen. We've got to hunger and thirst after him. And I love it because when we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. We've got to take that step. We've got to take that step in communication with God and call on him and he will answer us. And I want you to know that he sees you and he hears you. And I believe God brought this scripture back up to me, to my remembrance as I was going through this and what, as I was talking about, as I was praying for you and I was writing down some of the, you know, some of the points here and writing down the scripture about in Jeremiah, the Lord spoke to me and he reminded me in Genesis about Hagar and Ishmael. And so I want to go back to Genesis. I'm telling you what. If you want answers, you got to go back to the beginning. I love the book of Genesis. I can't tell you how many times I have come back to the book of Genesis. And every time I read it, God shows me something different. But it's the beginning. It's the beginning of time. It's the beginning of the blessing of God. It's the beginning of purpose in our lives. And so I want to encourage you to read the book of Genesis over and over um, because it's helped me greatly in my, in, in believing and having faith in my purpose and in the blessing that God wants us to walk in. And so I'm going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 16. Hagar and Ishmael were not the promise. So 
God establishes an amazing covenant of blessing with Abraham. He told him that if he'd follow him, he was going to make him a father of many nations, that he would be famous wherever he would go and be a blessing to many, and that his descendants would be millions like the stars in the sky. And that is the life that Abraham and Sarah lived. But Sarah could not have children. So Abraham talks to God about that. And God promises Abraham that he will have his own heir to pass on the blessing to. Okay? But 10 years go by. So Abraham has this conversation with God. And 10 years go by. And still Sarah is not pregnant. I think she gets discouraged I'm sure, I'm sure she's very discouraged and impatient and so comes up with her own plan. And uh, so Sarah has a servant girl working for her by the name of Hagar. So she tells Abraham to take Hagar. She wants him to take Hagar as his wife so that she can have children through Hagar. So Abraham agrees, and so we pick it up in the scripture here in Genesis chapter 16. So Sarah said to Abram, now Sarah and Abram, there's Sarah and Abram at this point. God hasn't changed their names to Sarah and Abraham yet. So there's Sarah and Abram at this point. The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant, perhaps I can have children with her. And Abram agrees with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as his wife. This happened 10 years after Abraham had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. And when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, Sarai, with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, This is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. You know, I always crack up when I read this because I'm thinking to myself, you know, problems in marriages have been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, here it is. You know, Sarah comes up with this great idea. I mean, think about it, ladies. You know, how many times have you, you know, you come up with a great idea. You think it's a good idea. You know, uh, whatever's supposed to be happening is not really happening yet. So now you decide to stick your hand in there and get involved and try something else, you know, and it backfires. I mean, you know, this is just what happens, you know, when we're impatient and, you know, and I don't, I totally get it. I totally understand Sarai's situation, you know, but here they are, you know, they've jumped the gun, so to speak. And so now Sarai is paying for it. And wants to throw it on her husband. You know what I mean? Wants to blame him. And Ab there's a there there's a whole message in that alone, right, ladies? 
So Abram replied, Look, she is your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. So, you know, Hagar didn't even ask for this, right? Um, They take her in. They take her as her wife. She's pregnant. Now, she wasn't treating Sarai, you know, the way she was supposed to. I mean... You know, she was treating her with contempt, and that wasn't right either, you know. So here, the situation's a little messed up, you know. So a a lot of different emotions are, are going on here. But so Sarai treats her so harshly that she runs off. And so I want to pick this up in verse 7. This is a powerful, powerful uh, account here of the moments that we feel like or it seems like God does not see us or hear us. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. And I want to just stop right there and say, no matter what wilderness we are ever feeling like we are in, there is always a spring of water. God is always there. His presence, his word, his love, his refreshing for us, it is always there in the wilderness. Along the road to Shur, the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. Hallelujah. And the angel also said to her, You are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful. What a good God that God sees Hagar out in the wilderness He sees her, he hears her cry of distress, and he shows up for her. And he tells her that he has a purpose for her. He has a purpose. And the very name of her son, Ishmael, means that God hears. So if you're doubting whether God will hear you, he will. He hears us. He hears us in our distress. He hears us. He hears us in the good times too, but he, but he faithfully hears us when we're in distress or we're feeling lost or we're not sure which way to go. God is there and he hears us. Amen. He hears us. I'm so grateful for that. And isn't it interesting that he tells her to return to her mistress and submit to her authority. And what that says to me in my spirit is that 
there are times that when the purpose is not happening, that we want to run, you know, we just want to run and get away and go another direction. And the Lord is telling us, no, go back, stay where you're at, stay where you're at. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not fun right now, but stay where you're at. Because I have a purpose for you. Immediately after he tells her to go back and submit to her authority, he says to her, I will give you more descendants than you can count. Hallelujah. So when we submit ourselves to God and we get back into our rightful place where we're supposed to be, even though sometimes it even feels like we're trapped in it, you're not trapped. You're not trapped. You're where you're supposed to be. So submit yourself to God. Submit to the situation. Stay where you're at because God has a plan and a purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So now I'm going to continue with the story. So 13 years more go by. Abraham is raising Ishmael. And Abraham is 99 years old. It's looking impossible for them now to ever have children. But that's the kind of God we serve, amen? The God of the impossible. And in chapter 18, a couple angels come and visit Abraham and tell him That when they come back to visit about this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Now, Sarah laughs because she knows physically her womb is dead. (laughs) She knows physically that promise is probably sailed, you know. And Sarah laughs and the angels say to her, you know, hey, why are you laughing? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And finally, the promise comes to pass and Sarah conceives. It's 24 years in the making. 24 years in the making for this promise. But when Isaac came, it was all worth it. And Isaac means laughter. Because Sarah said, all who hear about this will laugh with me. Only God can cause you to have a baby at 99 years old. Amen. Lord, think about, I'm 49 and I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. So, you know, so being that old and yet the miracle still coming. Still coming. Amen. God never takes away his purpose or his promise. We might wait 20 years. You know, Josh and I have been waiting over 20 years for some things to come to pass that God promised us. We're still, but we're, and there's moments in time when it seems like it's just not going to happen. But we stop ourselves and we say, no, you know, God sees me and he hears me and he 
gave me this promise and purpose. He gave these promises and purposes to us. He gave them to us. And so he is going to bring them to pass. Amen. So we can never give up. We can never give up. All right. So there's more about Hagar and Ishmael here. So we're going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 21. In Genesis chapter 21. Now, it's been a few years. Isaac is pro- Isaac has been born. Isaac is probably about three. He's being weaned, and they're having a huge celebration. And I'm going to start here in verse 8. So when Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael and her Egyptian servant Hagar making fun of her son Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, It's time to get rid of the slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. Now, technically she's correct here because Ishmael is not was not the promised child. Isaac was. That is where the descendants will all come through. Um... But in verse 11, this upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. I mean, he's raised him. He's probably about 15, 16 years old now. He's raised him and he loves him. And, but God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you. For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son because he is your son too. So God is honoring Abraham here. He's honoring him. And he's saying Ishmael still has a purpose, right? Even though Hagar and Ishmael were not the promise, they still have a purpose. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Hallelujah. Yeah, so it's time for Hagar and Ishmael to go. Their purpose is not with Abraham and Sarah any longer. Right? But even though Hagar and Ishmael were not the promise, God still sees them and hears them and took and takes care of them. And he still has a purpose for them. What a loving God. How much more does God have for us? 
that are descendants of Abraham. We have been grafted into the blessing of Abraham through Christ, and part of that blessing is being able to fulfill our purpose every day. Amen? Every day. Every day. Hallelujah. So if you're doubting whether God hears you or sees you, He does. He does. He does. He sees us. He hears us. He's there for us. Hallelujah. He's there for us. He's there for us. And I love that, that, you know, sometimes we can't see. We, we're, we're in a distress situation or we're, we're in utter confusion and we can't see. But God opens Hagar's eyes and sees a well full of water. Hallelujah. God is always there. His well is always there for us in our purpose. In our calling, the well is always there. And we've got to draw from that well. And the way that we draw from that well is that we keep our communication with God. We keep that connection with Him. It's so important that we are talking to God. We are seeking Him. We are calling on Him. We are talking to Him every day of our lives. I mean, Jesus many times would get away to talk with God. And he was half God, half man. The human part of him needed to take time away and communicate with his father. So how much more do we need to come away with God and connect? We all have busy lives and our minds are on a hundred things. So it's so important to get away and take some time to talk to God about things. He wants to hear from us, and we need to hear from Him. I mean, communication is vital in any relationship, amen? I mean, just think about it. If you don't take the time to talk to your spouse or your children, then you start to lose that connection with them. You know, create a place just for you and God. You know, I've used my master closet for years. I put my yoga mat down, you know, on the floor and a pillow and I lay there and I talk to God. I have my prayer time. You know, it needs to be a quiet place where you can shut out the world around you. You know, it doesn't have to be for hours. You know, God knows we have responsibilities, but we have time. We always have time to have a relationship with God. We just have to make it a priority, right? We have to shut off the social media. We have to shut off the TV, right? We got to shut down some things and take some time with him. You know, sometimes when I'm in prayer and I'm talking to God about things, I don't always hear him answer me right away. But then later when I'm doing, when I'm mopping my floors or I'm in the shower or, you know, I'm out taking my walk, you know, he'll drop the answers in, you know, in my heart because I'm being quiet 
and I'm listening. You know, so so God is always speaking. He's always speaking. We've just got to put ourselves in a place to hear him. Another scripture I love in Jeremiah 30 in Jeremiah is Jeremiah 33:3 and it says, "Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own." See how important it is to communicate with God on a regular basis. There are things about our purpose that we cannot figure out on our own. So we need to hear God's voice in our lives. And I hope this encourages you to revive your communication with God. He promises us that we will not be disappointed. And I can tell you from experience that when you hear God's voice speaking to you, it's like a still small voice, but it's crystal clear. And you're and sometimes my heart jumps, you know, because it's a quick and sharp and clear word, you know, but yet so full of love and gentleness and, and truth and truth. And when God speaks something to you, it's going to line up with his word. And that's how you know that it's the Lord, because we you're going to know that it's God is not going to speak anything to you that's not the truth. And his truth is in his word. So when he answers you and he speaks to you, it's going to line up with his word. It's going to line up with the Bible. And the more you're the more your connection to God, the more you see your purpose revealed and happening in your life. So communication is key. But also just as vital is spending time in the word because the word of God can reveal the plans and purposes of God in our lives. Now I'm going to read a few scriptures to you about the word of God and how important the word of God is in our lives and how powerful it is in our lives. And I want to encourage you that if you haven't picked up a Bible in a long time, I want to encourage you to do so. You know, it, it's it it really is vital to our lives to spend time, a little bit of time every day or every other day in the word of God. And I want to encourage you. I mean, you can go on Amazon, purchase, you know, a Bible on Amazon or, you know, get one at Walmart. I mean, they have so many different translations. The I use the New Living Translation, the NLT. That's a great translation to use. Um, the Amplified is a translation. Um, that That's going to break down words to you a lot more. Uh give you kind of the definitions of a lot of the of the scriptures so it's a lot more wordy it's a lot more reading but it's a great uh, study Bible is the amplified um, also uh, you know I like to read the New King James version uh, sometimes I like to go back to the original um, um you know, to the, to the original translation, you know, which is King James and New King James, 
Sometimes I like to go back to those original scriptures and then I'll look those scriptures up in my NLT or my Message Bible. The Message Bible is wonderful to read. Uh, it paraphrases the scriptures. It's not going to give you, um, I want to say, maybe that powerful punch of the word um, that the scriptures do in the New Living or in the Spirit-Filled Bible or in the Amplified, but it will help you if you struggle to read, if you struggle to to, to understand the scriptures in the beginning, it's a great, great read, the message um, translation. Because like I said, it just paraphrases things, kind of gives you a little bit more understanding. Um, but I use them all. I mean, I have a Bible app that I use and I use them all. I look at all the translations um, uh, when I'm studying the word because it just gives you more and more depth of what the scripture is saying. So just... I encourage you, don't be afraid. Pick the word of God up afresh and anew. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read some scriptures. I'm going to start in in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14. So the word became... Oop, hold on, let me back up. I missed that. Okay, scratch that. I'm going to that scripture, but not right now. Okay, I'm in John, chapter 1. Okay, I'm in John, chapter 1. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hallelujah. So in the beginning was the Word. God spoke the universe into existence. Everything he made, he spoke it. He spoke light. Amen. He spoke dark. He spoke the, the waters. Amen. He spoke everything into being. So in the beginning was the word. So God formed the world by his words. Okay. And the word was with God and the word was God. So God and his word are one. Amen. Now, John chapter one, verse 14 says this. So the word became human, and we're talking about Jesus. So the word became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Now we're talking about Jesus here. Jesus came. He was the word made flesh and walked and made his home among us. Now, if you believe in Jesus, then you believe in the word because they are one. They are together. He was the word made flesh. And Jesus lived out his life on this earth, being the word of God and living out the word of God to the people and showing us the word of God. Everything Jesus did was in the word of God. And Jesus says in Mark chapter 13, verse 31, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. So this is how important this is. Listen, the, the, the scriptures say that God put his word above his name, 
There's no other name but the name of Jesus under heaven. God is the I am. There is no other name. Amen. And yet God said, I put my word above my name. So the word of God is so important. He gave it to us. And we can depend on the word of God. It remains forever. And the Bible is God's word to us. It is his love novel to us. Amen. And the, and the word of God is alive. And it can affect our lives in a positive way. Now, I'm going to read Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word of God brings light to our path. It shows us the paths we should take and not to take. You know, when we're unsure about something or which way to go, If you spend time in the word, God will bring that area of your life to light. He'll, he'll, you know, I always see it like this, like, you know, when we're not quite sure about, you know, which, you know, which way we're going or what decision we're making about something, I kind of say it's like in the dark, you know, it's kind of hidden from us. You know, it's hidden from us. But if we spend time in the word, then the light will come on to that area of our life. And then we can see. And then we can see the answers. And we can see which way to go. And we can see what God is trying to tell us. I mean, that's powerful. That is powerful. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20 through 22, one of my favorites. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. When you find the word of God for your search for your situation and your life, then it brings life and healing. That's why when we're not feeling well, when we're struggling with a sickness or something's trying to attach itself to us, we've got to get into the word of God, get into the healing scriptures, open up the gospels and read every time Jesus healed someone. I guarantee you that your faith will grow and you'll be able to speak to that sickness and tell it to get out of your life and get under your feet because Christ already bore it and already died for it. He already took on that sickness on the cross and destroyed the works of the devil. So a lot of times when something comes our way that's not of God we've got to get into the word and let and find those words that we need he said they bring life to those who find them and healing 
to their whole body. Another translation says, light medicine unto their flesh. Medicine to their flesh. The word of God is medicine to our flesh. Amen. Amen. So look at how beneficial the word is. And the word is beneficial to our purpose. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So when we read the word of God. This is, this is so powerful. So when we read the word of God, it cuts between our mind, will, and emotions from our spirit. So all of a sudden, we can get out of our minds and our emotions because how many know, how many realize that our minds and our emotions can be going in the wrong direction. Sometimes we are not thinking right. Sometimes we are not feeling right. And so what happens is when we read the word of God, it cuts. It comes in and it just cuts right in between that. And it separates our mind and our emotions from our spirit. And so we can get out of our minds and our emotions and we can see and hear God clearly in our spirit because when God speaks to us, he speaks to our spirit. We are spirit beings and he is a spirit. So when he speaks to us, he speaks to our spirit. He doesn't speak to our mind. He speaks to our spirit. And this is what helps us realize when our thinking is off or our motives are off. Or maybe we just need to come out of the dark out of something, right? And so we need to see the answer. We need to see the light. We need to see the truth. Because if we are thinking the wrong way, then we usually go the wrong way. I mean, it's, it's very true. Often we will follow our thoughts. And that's why in Romans it talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds have to be transformed and line up with the truth of God's word. It's so important because when we line our thinking up, then we can line our feelings up to go in the right direction. And then our spirits are in alignment with God. His spirit is speaking to our spirit. So then we can move forward in our purpose in the right direction. Amen. I mean, it's powerful. The word of God is so important. So important. You know, and an example, in that example, you know, an example is to say this. Say, you know, you grew up, maybe you grew up poor or you always grew up struggling, okay? 
And so you can't help but to take on those certain mindsets, okay, of thinking, well, I never have enough, no matter how hard I work, I don't see enough provision, I don't have enough, I'm, you know, I can, I, I can easily get behind in my bills, um, are, you know, am I ever going to get over this mountain of struggle? And because you grew up in that, right, your mindset, and, and then you find yourself living that out. But then you start to read the scriptures. And then you start to get in the word of God and you start to read in the book of Genesis where from the very beginning God blessed you. And God called you to be a blessing to the nations. And God called you to be the head and not the tail. And to be above only and not beneath. And to be a lender and not a borrower. Amen? And so when you, all of a sudden you start to read these scriptures, you start to see the truth of God's word. And all of a sudden it cuts. It cuts that thinking off. It cuts that thinking off that there's never enough or that there's all, you're always struggling. And, the, and you know, there, and then what happens is your mind begins to change and then you actually begin to see how you can be a better steward with your finances, right? And how you can be a tither and how you can be a giver and how you can be, you know, believe God for prosperity because it's yours. It's your inheritance. Ha <laughs> ha. It's your inheritance. It's our inheritance to live in the blessing. And I can't wait to talk about reviving your finances. That's going to be a lot of fun. But this is just an example of when the word of God comes into our lives and begins to transform our thinking and change our thinking. And so all of a sudden you begin to see yourself blessed. And you begin to see the things that God wants you to attain. The prosperity that belongs to you. The provision that belongs to you. And believe me, when things change on the inside, then they will change on the outside. It doesn't work the other way, ladies. It doesn't change on the outside and then we change on the inside. No, we change on the inside. And then things on the outside begin to change. And so it is with your purpose. Your purpose is not lost. Your purpose is, you know, things, things might, might seem that way, but it's not. It's not. It's still there. It remains. God never withdraws it from us. And it remains. And so you've got to get into the word. And you've got to convince yourself and let the word convince you of the truth, of your, of the plan and purpose that God has in your life. And that's only going to come from us talking to God, taking time out to pray, taking time out to seek him, taking time out to talk to him about things, and then taking time out in his word.
And I hope this encourages you to revive your communication and revive your time in the Word so that your purpose can be revived, so that you can begin to see things come to pass that you have been waiting for for a long time. Amen? And I just want to come into agreement with you right now. Come into agreement. I come into agreement with you right now that the plan and purpose for your life is coming to pass. Hallelujah. It's not lost, but it's being revived right now. It's being revived. We speak life into it. We speak direction into your life. We speak clear direction into your life. We bind up any confusion. We bind up unworthiness right now. Some of you, you don't feel worthy. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul didn't feel worthy. He didn't feel worthy at all in the call. He dealt with that a lot. He dealt with unworthiness a lot. Because of what he had done. Because of all the murders of the the murdered Christians. That he had ordered their deaths. But God rescued him on the road to Damascus and said, I've called you for a purpose with me. And he felt unworthy of the call. But he knew Christ made him worthy. And Christ makes us worthy in the name of Jesus. So I bind up that unworthiness and I speak worthiness into your life right now. And I speak encouragement, hallelujah, into your purpose right now. I declare that the next time you seek the Lord, that you will get answers. And he will drop answers into your heart regarding your purpose. And if you've been running from your purpose, then stop. Stop running from your purpose. Stop and turn to God. And go back to him. Listen, you'll just pick up right where you left off. He's so good like that. He's so good like that. His blood just covers us and cleanses us. And he throws everything into the sea of forgetfulness. And so just pick yourself up. Because your purpose is still with you. It's still in you. And it's still with you. And he still wants you to fulfill it together. And so I just declare that over your life right now. And if you feel like, hey, I was going this way and I felt like I had a purpose with this, but that has abruptly ended and I I don't understand why and I don't understand what's going on. Well, it's still there. It is there. Don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. It's going to be revived. It's going to be revived. He promises us that. That it's going to be revived. And he's going to bring restoration to that. He's going to bring restoration to my massage business. I still have purpose in that. Amen. I still have a purpose. He gave it to me. He gave it to me. So he's going to revive that and show me direction. In that purpose. Father, we thank you. We thank you 
that we can depend on you to be there for us, to you see us and you hear us. Thank you, Father, that you're a faithful and loving God and you're there for us and you have prepared the way for us. And I declare that over every single one of our lives that we will fulfill our purpose. We are fulfilling our purpose. We are walking in it. And God is with us all the way. He's in the front of us and he's behind us. And he's with us in our purpose. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And I thank you, ladies. Be encouraged. Please be encouraged in your purpose. Be encouraged in your purpose because it's amazing and it's full of miracles and it's full of signs and wonders and it's full of life and it's full of blessing, ladies. It's full of blessing and not just blessing to you, but so that you can be a blessing to other people so that you can show forth the heart of God to people wherever you are, wherever you go. He has set you apart for such a time as this. Don't let the devil steal that from you because your birth was God's perfect timing. And I'm so excited to be alive during this time and in this place. And I know God has amazing, amazing things for us. And we're going to fulfill our purpose, ladies. Amen. So be encouraged. I love you. God bless you. And let me hear from you. If this is helping you at all and encouraging you in your purpose, um, let me hear from you. And I want to pray with you. If there's anything specific that you need, uh, please let me know. I want to pray with you any way I can help you. Um, I love you. God bless you. And I will be in touch with you very soon. Lots of lots of exciting words coming forth for this Revive Women. And also, I wanted to say this. The, the music videos that I've been uh, posting are just songs that have just that just encourage me that I come across and or that I'll hear on Sunday morning and they just give me life. And so I just want to share those with you as well. Amen. So be encouraged. Love you. And I'll be with you soon. Bye bye.